Hi Rachel, what are you doing? Just finishing episode 33 of my Lessons from Lost podcast. 33, wow. And who are you talking to this week? Jen Lamarinelle. Oh, and what's Jen's story? It's about what she lost when she left her corporate life and turned to a wilder side of life. Oh, that sounds interesting. Is a porcupine involved? Well, do porcupines come from the Kalahari? No. In that case, no. Let's have a listen then. (laughs) Hello and welcome to Lessons from Loss, the podcast in which we share our experiences of loss and more importantly, what we learn that now positively guides our lives today. I'm your host, Rachel Smith, and each episode I chat with a different guest about their loss and the lessons that they learned. I'd like to take a moment to acknowledge the courage and vulnerability in all my guests sharing such personal experiences and remembering, too, the impact that hearing these conversations may have on you, the listener. Please take care as you listen. Today, I'm super excited to be in conversation with wild soul adventurer, coach and wild guide, Jen Lamarinell. Jen is on a mission to playfully push the boundaries of what's possible in life and to encourage others, and mainly women, to do the same. After leaving her high-flying and promising career in corporate financial services five years ago, Jen embarked on a series of life-changing adventures, from walking solo from Land's End to John O'Groats, living off-grid in the woods in a yurt, and spending time with the sand bushman in the depths of the Kalahari Desert. Welcome, Jen. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so excited to have this conversation because as a fellow adventurer, though nowhere near on the scale that you do it, (laughs) um, I'm just really fascinated to hear about all your experiences. Um, But obviously the podcast is about loss and the lessons Mm -hmm. that we learn from it. So sort of on the face of it, you could ask, well, actually, where is the loss in Mm. in this? Because, you know, you you deliberately and actively chose to step away from this sort of high flying corporate career and to leave all the the benefits of of that behind. Um, And loss is often seen as something that happens to us rather than something that we instigate. But even when we do instigate the loss, of course, we still experience those same or very similar, you know, emotions or, you know, impacts or, um, you know, repercussions from having made that decision. Mm -hmm. So before we get on to that, perhaps Mm. a good place to start is, you know, what was going on for you sort of five, six years ago when you decided to to step away and maybe what prompted you to, to make that decision? Mm, yes, thank you, Rachel. And and thank you for that lovely introduction and really appreciate that framing of often we think of loss as being something that we, you know, happens to us and we don't have choice in it. And um really excited to talk a little bit more about when you actively choose to to leave something. And for me, on paper, everything was perfect. You know, I'd um worked really hard. I'd I'd got a master's degree from Durham University and I'd got my dream job as an actuary working in financial services so risk finance um, you know some great opportunity for career progression Uh, I was you know I I went worked my way up quite quickly through the company passing exams and working hard and you know had had all the um, 
all the things that you're supposed to want, you know, all, all the things you should want as a as an up and coming young professional. Um, you know, I had the, the perfect relationship. I had the beautiful house. I had exotic holidays. I had the company car. I had a really good salary. Um, I was getting opportunities through work. I was taking on projects, managing a team. And it all looked great. And I, there was this part of me that was like, yeah, I'm really happy. I've got everything I want. And then one day that pretty much overnight fell apart. <laughs> Nothing changed outwardly. But there was a moment, and I can't even fully describe what happened, where I just suddenly felt myself almost at the edge of this precipice going, I'm miserable. This isn't what I want. And it was a really, really hard hitting moment. One of those moments, it almost just physically hit me. Um, I wonder what brought that on. Have you got any inkling of that? It was it was like an accumulation over time of um, my partner at the time was a junior doctor and I was supporting her very, very heavily. We'd bought a house together. Um, I'd moved. So I suddenly had more of a commute. There was quite a few things layering on. And it was sort of all those changes that were supposedly bringing together everything I wanted. And yet I was more unhappy than ever. And I was, you know, taking on more at work. So I was getting stressed and, and it showed through physically, actually, for me, I was starting to get really bad migraines. I was exhausted. I started bursting into tears at work, which in corporate as a woman is yeah. kind of like, oh. I was very lucky. I had a really supportive team around me um, who actually just asked me some really good questions that made me realize, wow, there's something really wrong right now. And it took a lot of unraveling from that point. That was when I chose to see a coach, you know, and actually worked really closely with a, a well, she was also a counsellor, a counsellor and a coach for um, for a while. And she helped me realise that I felt really stuck where I was. Um, and it was that realisation that I felt stuck and that I was actually unhappy that was the the key towards then making change. And it took, you know, it was about a year and a half from that point um, you know, I got signed off work because I, I literally, once that had sort of opened, I crashed mm. um, and I ended up being signed off for two months from work with depression. And, you know, that space then gave me the time and working with someone that could sort of guide me and, and help me reconnect with what I actually really wanted and what I needed um, helped me then start to piece things back together and make the changes that I made. And that was where it started to you know let stuff go and that was really hard yeah what was the what was the first thing that you let go or the first big first, thing that you let go? yeah the first big thing was the relationship so I'd been in a relationship five years we just bought a house together on paper it looked great mm. um and it was really really hard because it was it was really painful for her I and mean, it was painful for me too but um I the awareness had been growing in me, whereas for her, it was a bit more of a shock. So I had to really hurt someone to be able to get out. Um, and so that, you know, there was a lot of pain there. Yeah. There was the loss of a future. You know, we'd been together five years. We bought this house. We had plans for our life. You know, there was prospect of children, marriage, you know, all of that. And suddenly it was like, oh, right. I'm on my own again. I was, um, I actually moved in with a friend and spent two years living in her house. It's meant to be three three days, <laughs> ended up two years. Um, 
so I can't, you know, that was the first big loss. And yeah. um, and it's hard, isn't it, with um, with relationships because being the person who is kind of left, if you like, so the you know the I suppose the, I don't want to say the victim, but you know the the one that that didn't instigate yeah. it, sort yeah. of all the sympathy and everything seems to you know not just go there but it's but actually you know it's really hard also being the one who perhaps has the courage yeah to step up and go actually do you know what this isn't right for me so it's it's very hard you know a brave thing to do yeah and it it felt it felt cruel at the time Mm. and the way I did it because there were the nature of the relationship meant that I kind of had to make a decision and go um so it was very sudden in the end and but actually I knew it was kind of for her as well you know dragging on just wouldn't have been good for either of us yeah and for me literally the day after I left a whole lightness came over me and stuff started to move and I just realized how much I'd been um feeling trapped and stuck and the impact that was having on my mental well-being and my physical well-being so letting that go and having the courage to to let that go and I didn't know at the time when I left I didn't know if it was permanent but I suspected it was but it ended up being a bit more dramatically permanent than um I expected even then um but yeah letting that go and feeling how how much more like me I felt after that and also feeling the pain at you know the hurt I'd caused her Mm. and the pain I'd caused her and obviously it opened up a whole another journey of stuff to deal with you know around finances you know we owned a house together and you know we had a you know a fixed term mortgage and things like that and so unpicking all of that took another two years so it was opening up this it would have been a lot easier in many ways to stay um but yeah yeah, letting it go was the was the thing that started the move towards everything else then and sometimes you do just have to make that like change one thing don't you for for it all I suppose just to start rolling that snowball down the hill yeah and for um, me it was the relationship because mm. in that particular relationship I wasn't able to fully express myself and tune into what I actually wanted um and having left that I suddenly like my world opened up and all the possibilities suddenly became you know, it was like I could breathe again and that's yeah. you know not not nothing against her but but just the way she was and her hopes had kind of clouded what I wanted yeah. I sort of lost myself yeah. and um rediscovered you know started that journey of rediscovering myself again cliche as it sounds but <laughs> yeah but yeah yeah so at what point then did you leave your career behind it was another year right. so this opening that kind of came up rekindled a dream in me really that had kind of got squashed for various reasons and it was this dream of um ultimately running a retreat center where people could be out and about in nature and connecting with the earth you know getting their hands dirty living in community um learning about nature in the wild um and sort of healing and and rebuilding their lives you know in whatever way that looked um through sort of nature so that was the dream that kind of the vision that kept me going and it took a whole year of exploring who was I out of that relationship? What did I want? Not long after that, I ended up moving roles in the company I was in. And 
Um, at first, that felt like a really good thing and a really positive move. And it was because it, it shook things up a little bit. Um, and I, you know, I went on some courses that helped me tap into that vision a bit more and, you know, started thinking about how that could be actually a business. And so I'm like, oh, wow, potentially I could do something I'm passionate about and, and earn money from it. And that was the first little seed of maybe I don't have to be on this route. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was sort of like the following year, so the following February, so about, gosh, about six years ago now, that um, again, there was a moment where I just had this, this isn't working. I was sitting at my desk in tears because I was bored. I didn't have a team around me at that point. Um, I wasn't being used to my full potential. It just, I'd already gone down four days a week, actually. I'd made the decision to go down to four days a week because I wanted to do something more with a day in the week. Um, Also, my health wasn't great. You know, I was having naps in the bathroom in the afternoon because I just couldn't keep my eyes open. So that was a, you know, way. So I'd already let go of a little bit. And um, again, as a young professional climbing up the ladder, going down to four days a week when you don't have children, you know, a lot of people thought was career suicide. (laughs) And it was just like, yeah, but I've got to do it for me. So that was the first little step towards something. But that, you know, was already 20% of my salary gone. Um, and then it was in, yeah, it was in the February, you know, in tears at my desk. And actually I, I had a really good, um, supportive HR manager and I just had a chat to her and she just planted the seed of what else might be possible. She's like, Jen, we don't want to lose you. Um, you know, you have real potential here and, you know, what is it you really want? Where else could your skills be useful? Um, and she was really supportive. And over the next sort of three months, I was, working with my coach I was kind of feeling into what might be possible and it was like well maybe now is the time to make the leap and have a go at this business I had no idea if it would work I didn't like have the qualifications or the certifications I just had this passion this experience like my own lived experience of nature being so powerful and I also just had that sense of if I don't do it now, when am I going to do it? You know, we were selling yeah. the house, it ended up not selling for <laughs> another long while, but that's another story. Um, but it was like, I don't have any dependents. I'm single. Um, financially, I'm okay at the moment. I built up, you know, a few reserves. Um, and it was like, right, if I don't do it now, when when I'm sitting at my desk in tears, you know, when am I going to do it? So I just tuning into that, I just felt this surge of this is the time you've just got to do it and you'll figure out the how once you've made that leap um did that seem scary it yes and no it was scary if I thought too much from a rational Mm. point of view like a lot of people were kind of like you're what you're giving up like this phenomenal career and salary and everything you know that's in the future for like literally nothing right now yeah but there was just something in me that was just like, because it felt so strong that I had to just give it a go. I just had this sense, you know, the work I'd been doing for the year before on myself, a lot of personal development, a lot of like soul searching and truth seeking and all of that. I just had this sense of just trust. You know, it was like, what's the worst that could happen? If it all goes horribly wrong, I'm sure I could get another job as an actuary again, you know? So it was like, look, what have you got to lose? Um, and yes, on paper, there was quite a lot, you know, kudos, finance, you know, yes. security, respect, um, all of that. 
and the call was just I have to give myself this chance yeah so I did so I left <laughs> handed in my notice and decided to walk the length of the country and was like okay I'm just going to tell everybody that's what I'm doing so that I just have to do it um and I'll figure out how to do it <laughs> once I get there <laughs> That's just amazing that you did that. And I have, you have actually got quite a detailed blog about that trip because I, I know because I've, I've read it. Um, yeah. And it's, yeah. I mean, <laughs> if anybody you. is interested, definitely have a, have a read of that. It was, um, yeah, fascinating. What things, so when did you start that trip? So that walk was July to mid October, uh, five years, six years ago this year. Crikey. Oh. Um, and that was a classic example of, when am I ever going to get this time to do something? And I wanted to do something big to market. And it was, for me, I always had a passion about being self-reliant in terms of like, how do I get from, I'd always love hiking with everything on my bag. And I was like, and I just wanted to, you know, raise some money for charity. I was like, do you know what? I'm just going to do something big. And how big can I go? (laughs) I was like, oh, I can't justify like a whole six months, but three, three and a half months. Yeah, let's do it. You know, in my own country, how cool is that? So I just decided I was going to do it. And, um, and so, you know, you could argue there was some loss there again, chosen, but I had everything in my bag. So for three and a half months, all I had was what was on my back, um, what I could carry and life got very simple. Yes. At that point. And I guess there must've been, although there must've been you know, hardship and tough times brought on by that simplicity. Mm. There was also beauty and peace. Yes. Do you know what? There was something about every day. All I had to do was get like, because I planned my entire route in advance. So I, I mean, I have never been so organized in my entire life planning the route. It did my head in, I have to say, but there was also something very satisfying about it. It was like a project. And so I knew my route mostly it wasn't like necessarily completely mapped out but I knew roughly where I was aiming for each day and so pretty much each day all I had to do was get up get dressed walk make sure I ate enough make sure I knew where I was sleeping and towards the end I didn't necessarily even know where I was sleeping I'd find a good spot and I'd pitch my tent um or I'd rock up and find a hostel or something if there was one um but it just really stripped back to gosh this is you know, I am alive right now. I am well, I'm healthy. I have a, you know, something I'm aiming towards and all I've got to do is walk. And it was just beautiful and, and so, so precious in modern life, right, to be able to do that. It was, mm. you know, it felt like a real privilege to be able to do it. Um, but there was something about, gosh, you know, I have everything I need on my back right now. And yes, I roped in some friends to do supply drops and things like that. And I had to buy food and, you know, that sort of thing. But there's something about stripping away and I think this is something that just has fed into my work and my life now so much it was such a profound experience just the stripping away of all the stuff we carry with us both physical and mental and um, judgments and all of that Um, it was literally like as I walked just that just kept falling away because none of it was relevant at the time and and that really brought a sense of peace and it's the kind of peace I I you know, I find now by going back out into nature and you don't have to do it for three and a half months mm. <laughs> or carry everything on your back. Yeah. But yeah. like it became a real anchor for me getting out. And it was like that reminder. So now every time I go camping, it's like 
I have everything I need with me right now. And then I come back to my flat and I'm like, why have I got so much stuff? (laughs) (laughs) But I almost appreciate it all a lot more, I think, because I know I don't necessarily need it. And it's helped me just keep the things that actually are useful or add beauty or meaning and things Mm. like that. But it, yeah, there's a lot of letting go of the, we cling on to a lot of stuff. I think, you know, physical stuff yes, and yeah. you know, emotional stuff. And, and there's something about choosing to let that go. Or, you know, if you're forced to let it go, like I had to let a lot go because my finances, you know, I couldn't keep a big house and um, all of that. You know, I downsized. I'm in a little, fl- in fact, one year I, I lived in a year for four months and then I house sat for a, a month, so was, uh, for a year. So I was nomading around with what I could fit in my car. And now I'm in, you know, quite small flacks. It's like, I made sacrifices to be able to to focus on my business and do what I do. And sometimes that's challenging. And sometimes, you know, I take myself into nature. And it's like, you know what, this is all I actually need to be happy and content um, and to do my work. Um, so that it's a, con- yeah, so I'm rambling a bit, but there's something about it's a continual process of shedding, of letting go, of really questioning, what do I really need? And what is stuff that I'm told I should need or I'm doing it for other people or um, I'm collecting because I don't feel good enough or like I have enough, you know, qualifications or whatever it is. So I I try and bring that consciousness into, you know, whatever I'm doing. And I don't always succeed, but that's my that's my my mission in my life is to constantly come back to, you know, what are the basics? What do I really need and what's adding value and beauty and and stuff into my life? We're all work in progress, aren't we? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So out of the things that you um, chose then to lose, to, to shed, to walk away from, what what were the hardest things or what did you miss most and have you regretted any of them Mm, oh good question it's funny because I think I mean you know going back I think leaving the relationship in many ways was the hardest because I needed I didn't have the belief in myself at that time and I needed Mm -hmm. a lot of belief from someone else that I could leave and and that I would be okay and that it was the right thing to do um and it wasn't until I was out that I could really see that and knowing I was causing someone else pain. So that in many ways was the hardest in the moment. In terms of like life, leaving corporate was hard because, you know, there's a, there was a massive financial implication to leaving. Um, and there was also, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't so conscious well maybe I was more conscious at the time than I am now because now I'm I'm much aware that I it's not something I want but there's a certain kudos and shininess and perception of success that comes from being successful in corporate or any job right you know secure um uh you know well-paid running a team like going off to London or Dublin or wherever and and standing up in front of rooms of directors leave facilitating sessions it there was sort of a part of me that was like oh you know gosh look at me aren't I good and yeah. successful and <clears throat> my parents you know love telling people that I was an actuary and and high flying and all of this and 
and you know having that well, I didn't actually have the company car but I, I had the salary instead of the company car type thing and be able to go out for lunches and there was a certain ease to life in that financial freedom in having a routine you know of of working Monday to Friday and weekends off and having your holiday and being able to book you know three weeks holiday occasionally and and having a team at work that's probably the one thing I miss is having a team at work mm -hmm. you know that you see physically and you share cakes and have a chat over the water cooler you know the, the tea that's probably the thing I really miss yeah but I do remember can be really lonely can't it exactly <laughs> yeah and and certainly at in the early days there was sort of it, there was kind of this journey this sort of um this this um roller coaster almost of um being really excited and everyone being really envious of me leaving and just going right I'm leaving and I'm um, going to walk length of the country and then I'm gonna set up a business and do something that my heart absolutely wants to do and there was this kind of thing of excitement and yeah that's so cool and wow you're so brave and I sort of rode the high of that a bit and then I had my walk and then there was this sort of moment you know maybe the next um and it was when I got back that I then decided to train as a women's coach. And that was where the journey started. And I started running some outdoor events. But there was this kind of this realization at one point of, oh, gosh, I've got no money. Um, <laughs> all of my my sort of colleagues, friends from before were out spending money, going on holidays, all of this and, and buying new clothes and, you know, whatever they were doing or, you know, having families and things like this. And I was kind of like, Oh, I'm like now having to um, you know, scrape, scrape some, scrape for mm -hmm. money, and um, I ended up getting a job um, in a cafe, and I worked in a organic farm shop and cafe for a couple, two to three days a week, and you know, alternate weekends, because I was like, I need to bring in some money. Like it's kind of unrealistic to think I can go, you know, to leave and suddenly have loads of clients, even when I didn't really know what I was doing. So I worked part time and I remember distinctly this day that my former boss, one of the directors of the company, came in at the end of like a busy day, end of a shift. And um, I'd been on washing up or something. So and I was there with my my hands full of trays of like where I'd cleared tables of plates and mugs and all of this. And I was sticky and hot with probably like hair plastered over my face or something. And he came in clearly from, I don't know, a day in London or something. And there was this moment where we just looked at each other. And I don't think we'd seen each other since um, I'd left. And there was this moment where he just kind of cringed with awkwardness at, oh, you know, his Jen, who used to be in a shiny suit, kind of standing in front of directors and facilitating workshops. And here she is, like, cleaning tables in a cafe. And you could just feel in him this awkwardness, didn't quite know what to say. And I had this moment of, oh, God. And then I just beamed at him. I was like, hi, how are you? And I just suddenly all at once felt happy. Mm. And I was like, I don't care what you think. Right now, I am doing something. I am here because I'm doing something I believe in. I am changing my life. I love you know, where I'm working. Yes, I'm paid a minimum wage and I'm foot sore and tired. But actually, I believe in the ethos of this place I'm working in and I know this isn't my life forever and I'm excited about what I'm creating and he looked you know quite tired and haggard and gray you know from a day in London you know in his suit and I was just like I'm in the right place and it oh, was just this yeah, yeah it was a beautiful the... moment this 
you know some, like some this validation is okay. that yeah yeah and um, I can't even remember what the question was, but um, yeah, it was, and, and still, you know, my parents sometimes say, do you think we'll ever go back to corporate? <laughs> I'm like, I don't think so. Not in the way I was anyway. Yeah. And um, and it's taken a while to, to really get to that, you know, because sometimes I would like to have more money, but when I look at what it was costing to get, yeah. and I look at some of my former colleagues, I'm like, nah not worth it for me you know I'd rather take a bit longer and and do it my way and be living the life I'm living now yeah the other part of that question was you know were there any of those losses that you have regrets about but it it sounds like quite possibly not really if you really sit to sit down and weigh up exactly it's like would I change any of it no because I mean, would I rather have not had a long sort of drawn out financial kind of challenge through the house and my ex? Yeah, um, things would have been a lot easier if I hadn't had that financial challenge. And um, But like all of it, you know, and there have been some really hard times along the way, right? But all of it, again, it sounds a bit cliche, but has made me and has brought me to this point now. And I just wouldn't go back. I'm very grateful for all of it, you know, grateful for that past because it means I can, you know, I can connect and um, um, understand, you know, people that are in corporate. And I have quite a few corporate clients now because they know that's my background. And so it's like all of that journey has been relevant to get me to here. And I certainly don't, the, 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 my wish would be that I could have been in a position to handle the relationship breakup differently I couldn't I did the best I could at that time and I have compassion for myself knowing that I'm a very different person now to who I was and if I was who I was now I probably wouldn't be in that relationship but I might have handled it differently that's the one thing I regret not being able to handle in a slightly different way Um, and it was what needed to happen at the time so yeah it's like life isn't plain sailing and easy right now I'd be lying if it was you know there's there's things that are still missing for me that I might have had if I'd not lost some of those things but I don't regret any of those because I feel like I'm shaping my life in the way that you know I want to be in terms of who I am how I'm showing up in the world the contribution I'm making to the world people's lives I'm impacting um, and you know being able to work more consciously and closely with my body my cycles the cycles of the year um, actually live life not just um not just trying to fit in into the very arbitrary structure (laughs) and I guess some of those things that you know that that perhaps you you do miss for not having that would make your life easier are they then also things that you think will actually yes they would make life a little bit easier but I don't possibly miss them to the extent that I would want them back (laughs) with everything that goes with them. Exactly. And I'm a real believer that, you know, my business is still in relatively early days, right? But my vision is that there's no reason why I can't, you know, have the same level of income as I did in corporate, but doing something that I'm really good at and can see benefit in and, and all of that. So there's a lot where I'm like, yes, I don't have it right now. And I believe it's possible to have it in the future but there's an element of having to trust and and be okay with I might not that that's yeah. been a huge learning is like 
is surrendering to whatever is and trusting um, and being okay with however it comes out. Um, and that's probably been a really big learning is like you never know. And I've, you know, had that, you know, you know different types of loss. You, you don't always know how long you've got. And, um, you know, you hear of dear friends that, that end up with cancer or people that get taken suddenly overnight and and that's been a real sense of gosh you know you don't know how long you have like so let's just live life in the way I want to be living it and trust that whatever's meant to be will be Mm. and I guess that's the lesson that you you know having had that as a a lived experience that you can then share that with the women, women that you work with so are, there, are most of them sort of corporate, in corporate world a, and looking to escape? They tend to be, I've, I have attracted quite a few corporate women who are sort of, oh, I need to get mm. out. And some end up leaving and some end up staying and finding peace with where they're at, actually. So, it's, yeah. you know, I'm very not about, right, everyone should leave corporate because for some people it is exactly, you know, yeah. it's great and they can make huge change where they are I'm a big believer of changing how corporate and that work but I also have a lot of um, business owners because a lot of the same you know we leave you know employment sometimes because we want flexibility and freedom and to do something we love and it ends up being another job you know that that employment mindset stays with us and it's like oh we've got to be at our desk you know 12 hours a day and Monday to Friday and I you know and we end up working harder longer hours and still forgetting why we did it and and almost harder to switch off so I have a lot of women sort of in business that are like successful but again they've sort of forgotten who they are again and and um well as you know you know for me it's getting people out of nature so that it's a way of very quickly stripping back Mm. to the core of what's important and um and and yeah there's some some magic out there that so yeah it's a combination of of I talk about women business leaders, basically. Often it's people that are sort of manager level and above, you know, up to exec sort of level in corporate who are holding a lot, managing business and personal and struggling to find themselves outside of the labels of mother, of, you know, work, whatever. Um, And then, yeah, people who are sort of in business um, who perhaps have lost it because they've had to work so hard to get their own business up and running and, and, they've put so much of themselves out there that they've kind of hollowed out a little bit maybe yeah. um, and you know sometimes it's just I have a you know range of doctors nurses stay-at-home mums who come because it's just about finding time for themselves um, but the, the what's common is the reconnecting to yourself when society culture upbringing lifestyle has, has put a lot of labels and layers of stuff Mm. what do you think it is about being in nature that helps you kind of strip off all those layers because you know you're right isn't it you get a group of people I read an article a few weeks ago and it was it was something about you know if you if you get a group of people in you know I don't know in, in a cafe or in a meeting room or you know somewhere sort of quite you know internal and and quite formal nobody you know you just you just small talk and you don't get to the nitty-gritty of life but stick them in a field with a fire in the middle and yeah. within half an hour everybody is sharing their deepest darkest secret <laughs> what do you think it is about being out in nature that enables people to do that yeah it 
there's a few things and for a while it's kind of like I know it works and I don't know how to describe it but I'm getting much more clarity in, over the last few years and there oh there's a few things one is about there's something about being outside particularly around a fire but that just takes us back to something deeply primal in ourselves mm -hmm. I think that it's almost like there's this you know like there's gravity as a force right there's something about nature that almost just roots us into a memory of who we are um and there, there was a great quote with someone I worked with who was um you know this work is not about remembering who we no it's not about returning to who we were it's about remembering who we are and there's this sense of tapping into something that is deeply within us, but has been covered in layers and layers and layers and layers and layers. So there's something about just being out in nature that draws that out of us. There's also being away from technology and screens. Like when anyone comes on retreat with me, the phones are off, you know, not even photos, like they're airplane mode or off in bags and they don't pick them up for three days or a day, depending, you know, have long there with me and there's something that often that's a bit of an area of like oh can't put my phone down what if someone needs me but when that separation has been made the power like often that is the one thing that is fed back is wow being without my phone you know without yeah. all the pings and the notifications and the to-do lists and the you know all of that just being able to switch off just helps you know you 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 come into this much more grounded um, place and also but there's so many things being out in nature like around the fire you're in sensible clothes it's like the masks can come off because it doesn't matter whether you're a CEO of a company or you're a businesswoman or you're a stay-at-home mom or you're a nurse or a doctor or a teacher or whoever you are like the trees don't care the fire doesn't care whether you can make fire or um, sing a song or um, sit under, under a tree and, and listen to the birds. Like it's irrelevant what labels have been put mm -hmm. on you by a modern society. Like you're all equal. And there's something about getting back to basics and basic skills. And I'm really a big believer in about empowering people to do the practical skills, you know, firework, knife work. Um, we cook over a campfire. There's something about that that means you don't have to be anyone and you know creating a safe space means that it's okay if you get it wrong you know and a lot of women particularly sort of women that come are from workplaces or businesses where you've got to put a brave face yeah. you've got to look competent you've got to pretend everything's okay um you can't complain you can't show emotion so the space we create in nature held you know by me by my assistants by the trees by the fire it's just a safe space to go, oh, I don't have to maintain all of that. And so when you let go of the energy of having to maintain all of that, you can kind of just sink in. And that's when stuff comes up. And yeah, some women go deep and the emotions come up and some it's just a beautifully calm, grounding space. Um, and then there's all the scientific stuff around what tree you know the, the the chemistry of being around trees or out in the fresh air or the um gazing into a fire sends you into delta brainwaves no oh. theta 
beta or delta? Oh, I can't remember. Um, I'm rubbish at actual facts, but the, it sends your brain into the same brain waves as deep meditation or sleep. So that, you know, we're all, we love gazing into a fire. Mm, it's because it switches us into a different um, system. So a lot of it's around getting out of, um, you know, for anyone that's done any sort of um, heard of the polyvagal theory yeah. or anything like that, getting out of our nervous system. Uh, our sympathetic nervous system and into our parasympathetic nervous system and just being able to relax. And even if it's just a day, you know, that is so powerful. So it's my belief that whatever's going on outside, taking time out in nature without technology, without phones, like how many people go and they're in, you know, pod things in their ears, listening to podcasts or like messaging people as they go or like, it's like no no no, no. I, I get the whole multitasking yeah. but sometimes we need to stop trying to multitask and just stop and the power of just stopping just helps bring stuff into perspective helps bring our bodies back into alignment our nervous system back into alignment just helps us see with more clarity more perspective and yes if you're in a group it just cuts out a load of the crap yeah, the language yeah. and just gets us back to, you know, my belief is there's something so powerful about, you know, particularly about a group of women around a fire. Like we've been doing that for thousands of years, mm. you know, tens of thousands of years gathering around a fire. And for me, you know, this is just my belief, but there's something in our bodies and our souls that just goes, oh, like with relief and recognition and that's for me where the magic happens oh that sounds just amazing i i have definitely got one of your retreats on my radar oh, <laughs> they are be obviously i'm biased yeah. but they are just beautiful i love it yeah. I, I feel so honored to kind of hold that space and do that work yeah. yes yeah well i look forward to being able to uh, find out about that yeah. but something else that i just and you've you've kind of touched on it and it that you know there's something about been sitting around fire for tens of thousands of years caveman tv of, yeah absolutely, yeah yeah <laughs> and of course you spent some time recently out with the sand bushman in the yes. in the depths of the kalahari desert mm -hmm. did you learn anything from them about loss because mm. the hardships that they you know in relative to to how we live they must be experiencing you know loss must be is, is a part of their every day yeah oh gosh I could speak for hours on this alone but the two two main things that kind of come to mind is loss you know of relatives and we we spoke a little bit with the elders about you know what happens when someone dies and then there's also this bigger thing of loss of their culture you know loss of their way of yeah. living and I'm so privileged and honoured to spend time with. I've been out there twice now and, you know, met some of the same people twice and going again this year. And there's, it's very, you know, often we look at, you know, so they were the traditional hunter-gatherers, you know, for their, their way of life has changed barely at all in tens of thousands of years. You know, there's archaeological evidence that they've been living the same way for, you know, back 40,000 years ago. And it's in the last uh, sort of 70 years that it's changed very, very rapidly. You know, some of the elders I was with in um, in the Kalahari remember the first white people coming. And wow. it, and, and the change is very, very, 
it's tragic and it's horrendous and there's a horrendous mm. history there and you know they're not able to live their full hunter-gatherer existence you know they've been forced to settle and they've lost a lot of their lands which means that they have they can't live the nomadic lifestyle and the land can't support them in in the way it did before however there's a lot of of passion for the the benefits of the old way and finding a balance between modernity and and tapping into the benefits of technology and and all of that whilst maintaining some of the cultures and practices and way of life and the benefits of you know the way they live and you know I remember asking them um about you know how do you feel about about some of the persecution you've suffered and losing your lands and all of this and you know we kind of expected some anger and 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 all of this and it was just it it happened it was bad and it's sad and you know it, it's really hard to describe it there was just something so beautifully present it wasn't mm. there wasn't anger or hatred or judgment or jealousy it was kind of just this this is what it is and we're finding our best way to live now yeah so like an acceptance of it exactly like the the one exception to that was often talking to the older women about some of the rituals they had and um you know the the, the medicine people mm. who are dying out because they're not allowed they're not allowed or um they were told that the, the medicine dances and all of that were wrong and um and all of that and there was some real sadness about the loss of some of the cultural yeah. practices and that um, you know that is tragic isn't it exactly and you could really feel that sense of loss but there wasn't an anger about like you know often in in our in in sort of western societies we, there's this like anger and resentment and um vengeful sort of sense mm. when we lose something but it was just kind of this acceptance and okay well what's here what's now so that was really really beautiful and, and really you know helped me kind of again open up to well, whatever is will be and how can I make the best of what I've got and then you know there was um very similarly actually in terms of when someone dies you know we said what do you do when someone dies you know what rituals do you have and Lots was lost in translation. In this particular conversation, we had one of the translators whose English was, you know, was not very confident. So it was a very, this is a very brief answer to what I'm sure is a very complex sort of thing. But, the, you know, in short, it was, we spend a day grieving, like crying, grieving, you know, saying goodbye to that person. And then we bury them and then we move, you know, you'd move village. Um, and that would be it. And, you know, they wouldn't lament. They don't even talk a lot about mothers, grandparents, people mm. that have died. It's, they're very much in the present. Like they don't yeah. look forward. They don't really look to the future and they don't look back. It's very much like what's right here, right now. And it's I've never seen that in any culture, you know, whether it's even, you know, in sort of, you know, spiritual cultures and things there's just something and I think it is about being hunter-gatherer in that particular area where there's they can access in olden days everything they needed on a daily basis they didn't have to store food for winters they didn't have to think ahead they you know went hunting when they were hungry they went foraging you know for the food for that day and that that has just meant they're just very very present but as you say you know loss is a big part of their life because you know there's a lot of um 
a lot of poverty, a lot of um, this yeah. huge amount of TB sweeping through. So, you know, when we were there last year, someone's daughter had died the day before we arrived of, t- of TB. And um, this time, three days after we left, one of the women died. She, she wasn't there at this time because she was sick, but we met her before and she died. And it was just like, and, you know, so many stories of, yeah, you know, this this baby is my grandchild, but her mother died, you know, um, so now I look after it. And it was, but it was just kind of matter of fact. Mm. It was quite hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hard for us because that's not how we do things. But yes. actually when yeah. you look at it, what a beautifully simple way and I'm just, and as you're talking about that, I'm wondering how many parallel, I mean, not, you know, obviously a huge amount of differences, but mm-hmm. but could you draw parallels to your experience of doing that long hike from Lands End to John O'Groat so that, you know, every day you were just focusing on, on traveling, yeah. eating, finding somewhere to sleep and being yeah. present, some sort of resemblance to, to what you yeah, saw. definitely. I think, you know, often the challenge we have in in this life is we need to plan for the future to a certain extent and you know learning from the past is really powerful and often we do it unconsciously and we spend a lot of time is it something like 80 percent of our thoughts are repeated you know from the previous day or you know yeah that sounds about right exactly um and for me, and I am by no means perfect at this whatsoever, but there's something about consciously choosing to plan for the future and to reflect on the past, but not unconsciously let you know, mm. your mind, my mind, get lost in it because that's where anxiety or depression or, you know, all of that comes yeah. from. And, you know, I've been there. <laughs> so for me, it's very much if I find myself lost in you know, often we think about ruminating over the, the bad stuff that's happened or the bad stuff that might happen. But also we get, you know, I certainly get lost in the good stuff too, in like reliving memories or dreaming about how something might be. And that can be just as detrimental, time-consuming, energy-consuming, heartbreaking as the bad, you know, the bad stuff in quote marks. So certainly remembering the walk and my time with the Bushmen, it's like, I suppose, yeah, from the Bushmen, it's like just being in the present and, and their sense of, they don't have a sense of purpose. I mean, that's my interpretation of how they live. Yeah. I haven't actually asked them that, but I have a feeling if you said, what's your purpose? They'd be like, what? <laughs> you know, yeah. they're living in the moment and caring for their families and, and being a community and learning how to navigate, you know, that living as a community. But there's very much of, they're not here to be anything to change the world. They're just living and making the best of life and enjoying the times, you know, that they're not working. Yeah, how um, liberating that. I, I mean, I suppose it's not liberating because they don't know any different, but yeah. how liberating for us because, you know, in the Western world, there's. It's like you must have a purpose. Yeah, you've got, you know, what's your life purpose? What, exactly. are, you know, what are you here to achieve? What's your legacy yeah. that you want to leave? Yeah. And, and actually. And it's like, what if I just want just... to be happy? <laughs> Just and live the best life I can. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And whilst I'm here, just being kind and yeah. and doing what I can yeah. to, to help others without it being this yeah. kind of, yeah, yeah, huge 
thing of what's my purpose. Exactly. And then, you know, something for me is, is really learning ways to learning ways that work for you. Like for me, the reason I could switch off and do that walk was like, I had a, a great plan. I knew where I needed to be and where I had to get to. I'd sort of as much as I could let go of everything else and so I didn't need to manage anything else while I was away mm. and certain you know some of that was letting go of things I wanted to do and would have liked to have done and connection you know friends I'd have liked to have seen it was like okay for now this is my priority and this is what I need to get me here so it was just having something to focus on and knowing there was a plan like a bigger level plan so I could rest into the day-to-day I think um but yeah certainly there's for me there's just that coming back into the presence and the present and how how am I living my you know so I do believe in you know having some sense of purpose but not letting that drive you as if I don't have a sense of purpose I am not a worthwhile human being or yes or overwhelm you if you don't feel you've got it (laughs) yeah for me every day I'm working out what my purpose is and how I can live that and how you know um so it's like you know what are the values I want to live by and am I living that every day and making decisions by you know how I want to be and the impact I want to have on this world and it's you know often it's just the little things um and trying to be present and you know again for me nature is something that brings me back it's like when I'm out it's very easy to get stuck in my head what have I got on today oh I need to speak to that person oh remember that thing that happened oh I'm a bit annoyed about that it's like whoa 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 they're exquisite ice crystals on this leaf mm-hmm. right here and wow look at the sun coming through the bare branches of the trees and oh gosh look that's the first little shoots of sticky weed coming up and oh wow there's a robin but wow that's the first song thrush I've heard this year and it's tuning back into those exquisite little moments in the present that really make a jo- you know a day joyful and make it worth being here and and worth everything you know I've given up or chosen um so yeah coming back to the present as much as possible really yeah I could find I I think you saying you know you mentioning those things I could I think I find the onset of spring from winter Mm. one of the most magical times but maybe also the easiest time to be present out in nature because you know, I'm, you're just drawn by by looking for those first signs of spring mm-hmm. coming up. You know, when I came back from my walk today, I just I got some shrubs, newly planted shrubs, mm-hmm. in my front garden, and and I just went and had a, a look, and it was like, oh, there are new buds forming, oh, and yeah. it was just really nice to to see that. Whereas ordinarily, I would just you know walk down the drive and, and go, come oh. indoors. So it was really nice just to sort of take that moment and and sort of recognise that. So yeah, gorgeous. Yeah, it's one of my favourite times of year that the on onset of spring, and you know, it's the most obvious. And then for me, like tuning into the seasons and how they flow, and noticing the changes throughout the year, like has just been magical. And it's something that I I just go with us you know my business is designed around the seasons and and as much as possible and and that brings just yeah real delight and joy and mm-hmm. noticing the changes and it's yeah it's gorgeous yeah oh it's been just wonderful chatting with you today <laughs> I loved it thank you Rachel really great so 
the sort of overriding lesson from that deliberate loss that you experienced, would that be around presence? Oh, yeah, there's, um, yeah, I think pre presence and surrender and acceptance mm -hmm. really just, yeah, surrendering to letting go. Like, I think, you know, regardless of whether it's chosen or, or something taken, it's, you can choose to hold on to what you've lost or yeah. you can accept, and I'm not saying it's easy, but just that acceptance and by coming into the presence, I think that's what enables the surrender, the letting go, the acceptance. Um, so yeah, the presence would probably be a pretty good, um, if it came down to one word. And yeah. you know, with presence comes awareness and a lot comes from, you know, I'm, I'm a coach, right? So everything comes into when, some, when we are aware of something, we can be present and choose consciously. Um, bringing yeah bringing stuff into conscious awareness yeah. oh that's beautiful thank you so much oh you're if, so welcome it's been gorgeous oh, you are yeah it's been an absolute pleasure if women would like to get in contact with you if they're intrigued to find out about your retreats or, or working with you how can they what's the best way of getting in touch with you so um, the best way is probably to look at my website, which is www.wildfirewalks.com. Um, that's got details of everything, all about me, what I do. If you'd like to uh, kind of have updates of, you know, what I'm up to, wild inspiration, that sort of thing, I'm, I'm most active on my Facebook page. So again, you can find me at um, Jen LaMarinelle Wildfire Walks, and that's where I'm posting quite regularly about my own musings and adventures out in the wild and, and obviously invitations to come and join me as well so those are the, the two places probably to to hunt me down <laughs> and always happy to chat if anyone wants to jump on the phone and find out more about anything very I lo love to chat as you probably realize <laughs> <laughs> well it's fascinating chat I could talk for so oh, well I'm sure we could talk for several hours yes. more <laughs> <laughs> love to continue the conversation around a fireside one Got, day. <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely yeah. yes but I'll put the details those contact details in the in the show notes thank so you. people can find them there so yeah so thank you so much thank you Rachel thank you Thank you, Jen. Thank you for daring to go wild and then to focus on sharing that wild with us so we get to experience, be reminded of the powerful qualities of nature and being present. If you want to find out more about Jen's work, check out wildfirewalks.com. Thank you to everyone who supports me in the production of this podcast, to Jamie Farrell for the beautiful music, and of course you, the listener. It means the world to me that you listen and hopefully gain a nugget of wisdom or a wisp of comfort and hope. Thank you. I'll be back soon with another lesson from loss.